Yo, welcome back to another episode of the Lit Code Podcast. I am Courtney Anderson, aka Big C. Shout out to my co-host Edgar Jones. We're back at y'all with a brand new episode, a very special episode, near and dear to the hearts of Edgar and myself. Uh, we entitled this episode a Coach's Tale. Uh, rural South, Louisiana, right? Football is king. You, you grow up wanting and wishing that one day you can don the colors and the logo of your local high school sports team as you march out onto that gridiron and represent your, your family and your community and go to battle, right? Uh, Edgar and I did that right along with a host of others. Uh, and I had plenty of coaches in my day, plenty of coaches molded me into who I am and, and as well as Edgar. Uh, but for my junior and senior year, uh, I had the honor of playing underneath Coach Bo Barton, right? And <clears throat> we were responsible for turning around a program that had uh, sank, so to speak. But one thing that never did die out was that haunted pride and that haunted spirit that was carried on by uh, Coach Brown. And then Scott Martin made a brief stint. But after that, it was Coach Bo Barton, man. And uh, we went from losing records to 12 and 1, 11 and 2. And big seasons like that, many, many SEC players came out. A few NFL players came out of this run. Uh, and so we got a chance to sit down with our coach, man. And look, a lot of things happened leading up to this uh, sit down, this in person sit down that we had. It's the first of its kind on our show. Uh, a lot of things happened to try to deter us from getting it done, right? The weather didn't uh, cooperate with us. Uh, Edgar caught a flat, right? Uh, the, the the vehicle fell off of the jack. We had to change venues. There was a lot going on, but we stayed the course and got it done. Had a very in-depth sit-down with one of the legends of, of the 318 area, one of the legends of Louisiana football, uh, Coach Bo Barton. So, strap in, tune in, enjoy, and evolve. This is your boy, Big C. We'll see y'all later. Peace. Welcome to the Eat Cypher. Flow hotter than the hands on Peter Piper. And now we would like to introduce you to your rivals. It's like Ali and Tyson. The hook is with the liking. So nothing, Mr. Bison. Maximus and Leonidas. You were in the booth with Titans. Goons, goblins, and Vikings. It ain't really nothing like us. Yo, welcome back to another episode of the Lit Code. <laughs> I am Courtney Anderson, a.k.a. Big C, one half of the Lit Cold Podcast with Edgar Jones. The podcast with a menu is short and sweet, and there's plenty for your mind to eat. Look, looks a little different, again, because we're doing our very, very first in-person Lit Cold episode, right? Before I get started, I want to thank each and everybody, each and every person for uh, watching, listening. For a minute, an hour, however long you've been doing it, man. We appreciate y'all. Keep watching us, keep liking, keep sharing. Uh, we do have a very, very special guest today, somebody that's special to Elga and myself. Uh, he would be the, let's see, fourth coach I ever had. But he started coaching me at a time when I was turning from a boy into a man, and I learned a whole lot from this guy. Uh, and went on an incredible run. I was a part of something special with him. Uh, Raven football always has been something special, but when I first got there, my freshman year, we were losing. Like, we were one and nine, uh, and then uh, Coach Brown left that year. Scott Martin came. We kind of turned it around. We had a yeah. 
kind of middle of the pack type season. And then my junior year, and it's Coach Barton, right? And we, we have the field house built now. But the culture wasn't quite where we needed to be yet. And he was a part of turning that culture around to a winning culture. So my, my senior year, we went 11-2, 12-2, something like that. Beat one of the biggest schools in the, in the state. Uh, came back and lost to him in the playoffs. But from there, under his tenure, you have Edgar Jones, right? Going to college, NFL. Behind him, you have Richard Murphy. Kenny Bell, Chris Tolliver, Snapper. You got all these guys and people like Nick Saban and Les Miles are coming to Raver to sit in Rayville High School, right? And you don't get that often. That wasn't happening before we were a part of turning that around. Uh, and so he was he was the biggest part of it because he was our leader, right? And we learned a lot of stuff from we always talk back about football. Edgar and I like to relate things to football a lot, man. And uh, he was one of the ones that, that taught us a lot of those lessons. Mainly, you know, if you get knocked down, you ain't really got time to stay. You got to get back up because the whistle just blew and look, that same guy coming back. Now, all in that split second, you got to decide what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay here. I'm going to get up. And it's going to be a long night if I decide to lay down because he ain't stopping. And the game ain't going to be over to the clock at zero. I've always taken that with me no matter what. So without further ado, I want to introduce Coach Bo Barton, uh, my, my head ball coach. Thank you, Courtney. <laughs> it's good to be here with you guys, man. We've had so much fun talking yeah. before the camera got turned yeah. on. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to talk with you and Edgar, too. So, man, yeah. it's just a joy to be, be be part of what we're doing tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been out of high school. I graduated in 04. So it'll be, what, 20 years in 20 years. Golly. Uh, we hadn't lost contact. Uh, Edgar hadn't lost contact with him either. Uh and I always like to say, uh, life has its own way of pruning people out that don't belong. So the fact that we didn't lose contact, and we still, today, right, we, we disclaimer, we out there fixing the flat, he pulls up, and it's like, I hadn't seen him in at least 10 years. It's like it was just yesterday. Right. Uh, that kind of stuff can't happen. You can't yeah. just pick up like that if it ain't organic, if it ain't natural. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's void of race, creed, religion, or color. Good people are good people. We like to look at energies. I learned that from, from him also because uh, it don't matter what walk of life the kid was from. You know, we all knew we could come to you no matter what. And that's big. And uh, like I say, relationships don't last and stand the test of time unless they're supposed to. Right. You know, and unless it's genuine and it's, you know, you really mean something to the person. So I can go to anybody in my family and say Coach Barton and they, first thing they're going to do is smile. So ain't no telling what you can see. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what story he told? Yeah, what story he told? He told me a lot of stories, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me too. We'll talk about some of those stories when we get off this. Camera. <laughs> when we get off the camera. Yeah. But coach, no, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Like Courtney said, man, it's uh, it's it's we don't have to talk all the time, but when we talk, it's like no time right. has passed at all. So, you know. Um, You've coached for many, many, many years. Uh, more importantly, outside of what we learned from the football field from you, more importantly, you taught us a lot about life. I look at a lot of things you talked to me about uh, that I took into my life and as not just as an athlete, but as a man, as a father, uh, as a husband. What got you into coaching? You know, uh, it's crazy. Like, I was a pretty good student in high school, and uh, dad wanted me to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. it, but it's something something was in me 
I knew I loved ball so much. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really good, but I loved ball. And mm -hmm. it didn't matter if it was a football, a basketball, a baseball. I wanted to play ball. And the only way I knew to stay around ball, I wasn't as talented as you. I, I, didn't, I was never going to be a professional athlete. Uh, I wasn't as talented as you. I, I started very few games in high mm -hmm. school. But I loved playing ball. So I felt like to stay around ball, I needed to be a coach. And I felt like I was called to do that. I really felt like mm -hmm. God called me to be a coach. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can remember sitting at a church revival one time, and I felt like, felt like the Holy Spirit was tapping me on the shoulder saying, you need to be a preacher. And I'm like, well, I can't be no preacher, man. I can't be no You done called the wrong dude. I can't be a preacher. But if you'll leave me alone, yeah. I'll be a coach. Uh -huh. yeah. And I really felt like that was my calling. Uh -huh. and, uh, and I still feel like that. Yep. And look, you know, you asked me a couple weeks ago about what's one thing that I could uh, tell a leader. And I told you that. that uh, yeah. I told you that if you could do one thing, it would be love the people that you're leading. Mm -hmm. Love them. And I feel like I've done a, a, a good job. I know I love you guys. Yeah. I, I know I've loved every kid I've coached, and yeah. uh, some of them more than others. And, uh, and I've coached some of them different and some of them harder and expected more, and that's just part of it. But, and then the other thing was, you know, just don't love them more than you love your own family. That was the uh, – I asked you yeah. what was – what was one of the things you had to be careful of? Careful of, exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's important. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, a old guy named um, Bobby Bowden mm -hmm. went to a coaching clinic, mm -hmm. listened to Bobby Bowden speak one time, and he said, God, family, and football. So I would tell you, God, family, job. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what got me into coaching. I, I just felt like, uh, you know, I, I was called to do that. And uh, I love it. I love I love helping people and loving people and uh, mm -hmm. and I think it's genuine. I mean, yeah. I just I care about people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, so when you got into it, coach, what was the? Because at the start of stuff is usually the roughest right time. So if you can if you can remember, what was your roughest part of transitioning into actually? You know, when I first started, it was 1991, and and a teacher made fifteen sixteen thousand dollars a year, mm -hmm. and you know. Uh, that that age of you know where we grew up that's when that shove college down your throat everybody's got to go to college even the girls mm -hmm. you know everybody's got to get that degree got to make money 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 i hate to say it but my generation started all that mm -hmm. and so fifteen sixteen thousand dollars a year raise a family on that yeah. mm -hmm. and i'm like oh god i gotta do something else yeah i want to get married i want to have children i I want to. I want to have things in life like everyone else does too, and that fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars a year just wasn't cutting it. So yeah. about two years, man, I did everything but coach. Mm -hmm. I sold insurance. I sold cars. I worked for Terminix. I, man, I did seven or eight. I worked for a plumber. I did all kind of things trying to figure out what to do, other than what I was actually called to do. Mm -hmm. And whenever this man named Ray Gambino who was a head coach at Wasman, Hall of Fame coach, called mm -hmm. me out of the blue and said, hey, man, I just took over at St. Frederick. Uh, I hear you might be looking for a job. And, and I went and interviewed with Ray Gambino, and I've never been the same since because he was one of those people that loved his people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I saw that, and I, I grabbed a hold of that. And you know what, Edgar Courtney, that's when I became happy. 
When I realized, you know what, this is what I was called to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. Now, either you're going to get on the bus with me mm-hmm. or I don't need you in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I finally grabbed a hold of that, I, I, I did pretty good at it, you yeah. know. So, uh, but that was my biggest obstacle. Yeah. It's probably looking at the money instead of looking at the lives I might have a chance to change. Well, yeah. let's, let's talk about that for a second because um, a couple minutes ago you said that your generation was the generation that was chasing the money, chasing mm-hmm. money, chasing money. And that was still a generation that was all about, I mean, you would think about values, right? About right. family. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why do you think it was that? I don't know if it was like, uh, you know, Edgar, in the early 80s, uh, the number of people that went to college mm-hmm. and was expected to go to college uh, was way less than it is today. Uh, you know, I've been to a lot of graduations over the years where families, where, where young men and young women graduated from high school was the first young man or woman mm-hmm. that graduated from high school in their family. Mm-hmm. I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I can remember, hey, I'm, I'm second year in college and and grandparents saying, how come you ain't got a full-time job? Mm-hmm. You need to go to work. You can do this. And I'm like, I'm barely getting by 20 hours a week busting a butt just like you have in your own college days. And they're, they're sitting there going, you need to go get a job. And that was the way they thought. But for some reason or another, you know, my group, 80s, mm-hmm. 80s babies, we'll call them, we started that, let's go to college, let's go to college, let's go to college. And now I'm so anti-college. I'm not anti-college. Mm-hmm. I'm just, there's you so many ways a man or a woman can make a living mm-hmm. today yeah. without a college education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we failed our young people in the education system because we tried to shove college education down everybody's throat. Mm-hmm. And it's not for everybody. It's not yeah. for everybody. It is not. And people can be so successful in other realms in, mm-hmm. in, in the world yeah. without a college degree. I mean, it's important. But it's not, you yeah. j- just it's be not the best. All, be all. When they yeah. defunded, defunded Votech, uh, so my daddy came up, mm-hmm. they could take shop and go right. and be a plumber. So everybody wasn't going. It used to be a thing. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to go to college. You could learn a skill, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a skill, really. You work for somebody else 10 years or so mm-hmm. and do your own do thing when you set up uh, for life. But I think that's a part of the elite making more uh, consumers mm-hmm. out of people instead of owners. Right. Uh, and when they took that out of schools, to me, that was a big problem. So now uh, I got a degree, yeah. right, a four-year degree. I also have a certification. They took me two weeks to get, really, and I need to work and get some experience. I got that cert two weeks, 2500 bucks. If I add up what I made <laughs> from that degree right. versus what I made with this cert, it ain't even close. Ain't even close. You know, and so I try to tell a lot of kids that Elg and I even talk about doing a I don't know if it would be called a scholarship if they're going to a trade school with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all the, the scholarships out there for kids going to university. Right. I'm like, well, what about the kids who want to go learn how to drive trucks yeah. or HVAC or any of this stuff? Coming up, they don't teach you the truck drivers make money like that. Mm-hmm. Truck drivers make bank, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you got your own. Right. You know what I'm saying? All the guys is hot shotting. The plump, I mean, let your let your suit, your septic system back up. You're gonna call the plumber. Find out how much it costs. Yeah. Let the AC go out wise like this this summer. Yeah. You're gonna call the HVAC person. You know what I'm saying? And you're gonna pay them what they want too. Hey, I, I, you gotta get it fixed. I, I just built a house not too long ago, mm-hmm. and the, the paint the painter, uh, his bid was forty seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars. What you tell? 
I told him I was gonna paint it myself. <laughs> and me and Miss Shelley painted it yeah. ourselves. Yeah. I couldn't afford forty seven dollars. Yeah. No sir. Yeah. We we painted that look. Miss Shelley got painted blue one day yeah. accidentally. It was so funny, she was like she's like, Can I paint this last board? I said, yeah, baby, and I looked over at her, and, and she had the trigger turn around the wrong way. She said, did you turn this around the wrong way? And all of a sudden, she squeezed the trigger, and blue paint hit her all in the face. Yeah. She, had blue, she looked like a smurf. Yeah. Looked like yeah. a smurf. Yeah. But uh, no, I had to tell him no, Edgar. Yeah. Uh, but I, I went, dang, maybe I should be a painter. Yeah. yeah. That's, what my, that's what my dad was growing up. Yeah. He was a painter. So. That's a skill in itself. Yes, sir. It is. Yeah, you can it make is. a lot of money doing that. A lot that. of patients doing that. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I don't got it. Yeah, me. I'm a demolition man. I ain't paid. <laughs> You yeah. tear it down. You need to get to a sledgehammer. <laughs> I would cover it, but maybe maybe there's something I can master. <laughs> Getting into something where I gotta have a little bit more, a little bit more patience. Yeah. So, yeah. coach, you know, um, man, I remember when you came to Raven. It was my last year. Mm-hmm. You came. <laughs> yeah. You came uh, my last year. Where did you come from, coaching wise, and what was, um, you know, kind of your, your 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 thought process when you were getting ready to come into Raven? Well. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Edgar, I was uh, six, seven, I think eight years or nine years into coaching when mm-hmm. I came to Rabel the second time. Mm-hmm. See, I was at Rabel before I came to you guys. I was mm-hmm. there as offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Coach Brown was our defensive coordinator, and Pete Mangum was our, yep. our head coach. So I had been there before. And, you know, even though I didn't agree with Coach everything Coach Mangum said or Coach Brown said, I was on that staff and mm-hmm. learned a lot from them. And, and uh, you know, I went, man, I'd like to come back here one day. So, but uh, I left Ravel. I went to uh, Newton High School in mm-hmm. Tinsall Parish. Mm-hmm. Became a head coach there. Uh, loved it. One of my favorite places ever that I've ever coached. Uh, had great talent. If I knew then, if I knew later what I knew then, or well, let me let me say that. If I'd have known then what I grew into, I'd have won state championship there. Mm-hmm. They, they were just there? at at Tinsall Parish at Newton. Why was it? Talent, so much talent. I had, uh, I had probably let's see, Keith Thomas played at, at ULM. Chris Washington went to, went to uh, Northwestern. No, Chris Washington went to Tulane. Tulane, okay. Uh, Derek Fraser went to Southern Arkansas. Leslie Bradley went to Arkansas Monticello. Um, Calvin Brooks went to Grambling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on that team, in two years, I had six or seven kids go play college football. They wow. were a talented bunch of young men. And uh, so, so I went there, and then I went to Bastrop, coached under Coach Bradshaw for two years. Uh, went to Washita, which at Washita I gained a lot of valuable knowledge. There was four guys that had come off a couple state championships from West Monroe mm-hmm. that I got to work with, and then that Washita staff was outstanding. And uh, I just soaked in as much as I could, and then mm-hmm. the Rabel job came open, and Coach Lewis called me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Martin had just left and mm-hmm. went back to Ponchatoula, mm-hmm. and Coach Lewis called me, and uh, I went in and uh, jumped in their feet first, and I, I wish I could tell you that all of that was my ideas, but I borrowed things from West Monroe and yep. Washita mm-hmm. and, and Bastrop and those places. I mean, the, the, the summer jobs that we got for kids at Rabel. I mean, at one time, me, Reverend Smith, and Harry mm-hmm. Lewis, we had 20-something kids working in the yeah. summer. Yeah, I worked at the, and, at the Yes, I mean, mm-hmm. we had them working everywhere. Hospital. And you know what? If you wasn't a football player and you wasn't making your good grades and you wasn't doing right, you didn't get one of those jobs. Mm-hmm. And we, we did all that, but that, that came from Coach Bradshaw. Yep. Mm-hmm. We did that at Bastrop. And, and, and putting kids in the truck and hauling them all over and, and calling and sending out videos, that came from Coach Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. That's something I learned from him. So, you know, the, I just say 
God put me in different places to teach me to the point where when I got there, that, that I, I was prepared and ready to help. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'll say this about Raven. Look, we, we identified young men early mm -hmm. as to people that we thought would have a chance to make it. And then, look, between the preachers in town, some of the Sunday school teachers, the moms, the teachers at the school, you know, you knew when you were supposed to take the ACT. Mm -hmm. You knew you had to make A's and B's in, in your freshman year. Mm -hmm. And that was why we were able to get those kids out of there, mm -hmm. is they, they got identified, and then they got pushed in that direction. Mm -hmm. And with the community involved, you know, hey, Richard's not doing what he needs to be doing here. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. and, and, you know, uh, so Richard gets taught at home. Richard gets fussed at at home. Richard gets fussed at at school. Richard gets encouraged at home and school. And we get that straight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't know it, and I don't think he would mind me telling them, but Richard Murphy took that ACT five times mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to get eligible. Mm -hmm. Okay? Not only did he do that, but we had some people in the community that paid for Richard to go to Sylvan Learning Center to learn how to take the test. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he did it. Mm -hmm. I didn't do that. Yeah. I just... Gave him an arm to do it with, and so did other other folks in the community. And mm -hmm. so that's what that's what we did. It was like mm -hmm. so we kind of learned everything from all these other folks, and then we involved that community. Look, man, that's what that was what the best thing about going at Ravel when I was there was mm -hmm. everybody was involved with these young men and trying mm -hmm. to make them better, from the mayor to the economic developer to the junior high principals mm -hmm. to the school board. Yeah. I mean, we talked about the school board members that earlier, Claude Miner and Bob yeah. Adams. Those two guys love Rabel. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, was, that, was, that was big, you know. And uh, so, you know, just thankful I was uh, able to be there, man, to be part of all that. Yeah. You know? it's, uh, it's interesting to hear you talk about different phases mm -hmm. in your life and and i was you were underneath this coach and then you were underneath this coach and then you mm -hmm. had experience with this coach whether it was good or bad right i mean i think we all can look at different at seasons we've been in our life and different places we've been at when we've had different experiences whether they were good or bad but you know one thing i heard you say is that you just took in that information right right like you know god placed you in this position this position this position you just gather bits and pieces from here and there, whether it was don't do this or don't, right. or do this. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. And then it's it's and then you come into a place and come into Ravel and you basically take a little bit of different experiences and then your own different experience of what you've seen actually work. Mm -hmm. And then being able to not do it by yourself, but to have people surrounded around you to continue to help you. Right. And it's each part of the body. Right. You know, each part of the body is important. Mm -hmm. The body is one. And that's really what you talked about. Of mm -hmm. Each part of the body was extremely important. It came together to be one, to be able to help um, all those youngsters out. Yeah. You, know? you know, I want to say this. I, I reflected for a few moments uh, on the way over here thinking about you guys and many others that, that we, we were part of all that. And uh, I, I think about Sometimes I like to ask myself, and I've probably asked each of you this before, what's your, what's your fondest memory and what's your biggest regret? It's the same, same kind of thought that you asked me a couple of weeks ago about something. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, one thing I wish I could have changed at Rabel, mm -hmm. and me and Coach Alvin Smith have talked about this. We were so gung-ho and so caught up on building a program, and we did. Mm -hmm. We built a program that was right there with the Washita's and Neville's and West Monroe's and Bastrop's and all that. But 
we we were so gung-ho and so caught up on winning that state championship that until I left, Edgar, Courtney, I didn't realize what we accomplished. You know, we go 10-2 and two mm-hmm. and be so aggravated because Parkview Baptist beat you in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mad that yeah. you forgot that you went 12-2 and two or 10-2. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you forget... And, and, and to think back of all the young men, not everybody went to college, stayed in college four years, played in it, but so many people went to work at Walmart mm-hmm. and went to work at this plant or that plant. And, you know, I mean, I look at some of you guys and where you're working, and, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I'm most proud of is that, that you're out there working, and how many young men have you helped out there? You yeah. know, and I'm going, yeah. that was part of what we taught. Mm-hmm. That guy's in the trenches with you. Mm-hmm. Ten years from now, yeah. he needs a job. You get him a job. Mm-hmm. You help him. That's your partner. That's mm-hmm. your buddy. You grew up with him. But, you know, my biggest regret is, is like, not just, not just enjoying and living in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Living in that moment of what we accomplished. Man, we, we went 11 and 2 twice. Yeah. <laughs> 12 and 2 twice. Yeah. I mean, you, you just go. That's a challenge, though. Yeah. It, it's, it's difficult because one thing that sports teaches you is that no season's the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, when you have those players that leave, every, every year is different. Right. It's a different opponent you got to deal with, whether it's, it's the opposing team or in-house. Mm-hmm. You're having players that's graduating and they're leaving. You know, so trying to find that fine line of what is the objective? Is it, is it to, to crawl out of this hole? We've been 0-16 and, and now we want to be 10-2? Yeah. Or, hey, is it we want to win a championship? And I think there's something to say about, to your point, of just, you know, the gratif- gratitude of, hey, man, let's just kind of pull back from the trees, pull back from the forest and look at the trees a little bit. Right. And say, hey, man, we we t- <laughs> we 11-2. Yeah. And how do we build on that? You know, it's um, because we chase that championship or we want that championship. Um, I think also, too, what can happen is, is we don't celebrate those small wins. Mm-hmm. And then we're never, we're, never teaching, we're never teaching ourselves on how to celebrate that. Mm-hmm. So as soon as the season's over with now, it's like, you know, we've been, we spent so much time on what we didn't accomplish rather than thinking about what did we accomplish? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> what did we do? Let me tell you, it was, it's like I look back on it and it's mm-hmm. so simple now. Like, you realize, okay, when I came to Rabel, it was like, man, you got to get Oak Grove off the schedule. Mm-hmm. You realize in beat 10 years, we beat Oak Grove <laughs> 8 out of 10 years. Mm-hmm. You realize OCS. you got to get OCS off the schedule. Mm-hmm. You realize OCS took us off schedule and would not play us mm-hmm. no more? Mm-hmm. Sterlington, Don't as good as Sterlington <laughs> is yeah. now, yeah. you know, we beat them five years in a row. Mm-hmm. Now, the first four years, it was two and two. Mm-hmm. But we beat them cats five years in a row where they mm-hmm. wouldn't even play us no more. I went to Caldwell. They was on schedule. I beat them two years in a row. They took us off schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we built that thing as a community, and that's, that's the thing we did. Mm-hmm. There was so much community involvement. Mm-hmm. I saw on uh, Facebook the other day uh, bringing the band back. Yep. And Derek Washington, right yep. in the middle of that. Yep. Yep. You know, man, I had so many ball games in the PE gym with Derek yep. Washington, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and to look and see, I'm praying and I'm hoping people go, what do you think about Raven? I'm like, it could be, this could be the time. Mm-hmm. This could be the year. It could come back like it was. I'm just hoping and praying that it gets back to where, where we expect to win. Mm-hmm. You know, we was, we was out there and we was playing seven on seven. 
and it was scat. Reginald Washington, it was Reginald Washington's senior year. And Junior. we play in West Monroe in seven on seven. Mm-hmm. They had a receiver come across the middle, and Scat lit his tail up. And Jerry Allers over there, he, he he's a good guy, but he's kind of cocky, and that's mm-hmm. why West Monroe's successful. But Jerry Allers hollers out, I tell you what, we can get some pads on if y'all want to do all that. Yeah, and before yeah. I could say a word, yeah. Reggie Washington said, go get them. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> go get them. That's where we got to. Mm-hmm. We didn't care. Yeah, no, Go yeah, get them. Go get them. We'll, we'll, we'll smoke you. Yeah. You know, and. and Scat had that bad. Yeah. Remember that All American from Neville's junior year? Yeah. He did the same thing. And that's who we yeah. were. Yeah. That's, who, that's who we became. Nah, he's a running back. Scat oh, right, right. knocked his helmet off on seven on seven. You know, I yeah. saw you I saw you put a uh, thing on Facebook not too long about, about the Lyles kids. Joe, I was just about to mention them. Okay. Yeah. So Joe Lyles. Joe Lyles had a brother named uh, Matt. Matt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Matt Lyle's a senior year. Mm-hmm. We uh, or junior, I can't remember. We we sitting there as a staff, and it's Matt Lyle's and the often self and uh, Colton Sims and mm-hmm. and and just average players everywhere, and we're sitting there going, man, I, I, if we win four games mm-hmm. with this schedule, we're gonna be done done something. Mm-hmm. That bunch of boys went nine and four. Mm-hmm. Nine and four. And you know what you know what I always put that on? I put that on you guys. Mm-hmm. I put that on what was built to that point where those guys went, uh-uh, we ain't going five and five. Yeah. <laughs> we we gonna win state championship. Them boys actually thought they was gonna win the state championship. And we weren't good enough to win it. Mm-hmm. But to win nine, and those are the things that I wish I had been able to see, Edgar, when I was in the middle of all that, yeah. is how good that group of boys actually did. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, you just you look at that and you go, wow, look what they accomplished. But because we're sitting there, state championship, state championship, state championship, we didn't see it until yeah. it was until we passed it up. So how do you see that now in life? Obviously, I mean, you you're not coaching right, right. now, right? But but that's just not in sports. I mean, you know, as a father, you know, as a grandfather, like just life is still going. How do you how do you take advantage of those moments like that now? I think I've slowed it down. I, I think I've slowed it down. I, I, and what I mean by that is like, just slowed it down in my mind. Uh-huh. Like, like earlier when the camera wasn't working, just I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. being with you guys was yeah. enough, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Just being in that moment right there was enough for me. Whether whether we got to do this show or not, just just getting to hang out with Courtney, getting to hang out with yeah. you, you know, to be here in this moment, it's like. So I think life has kind of just slowed me down a little bit to where I go, enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Enjoy that right there. That's mm-hmm. what you need to enjoy. Because we ain't promised tomorrow. We know that. Yeah, absolutely. We know that. So, And yeah. I think I've learned that a little bit more in the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was it like? Because you, you, you were at these other places as an assistant. And mm-hmm. then you, they finally hand you the keys at Newton. Because I, I coached junior high. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, I figured out pretty quick that being a coordinator or being a linebacker coach versus being the head coach, mm-hmm. two totally different worlds. Because now you're responsible for everything. Right. You know, what they're going to eat, what they're going to wear, this, that, and the third. So how was, how was that transition from them finally handing you the keys and saying, this is yours? Well, I think I, I wanted that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can tell you about something. We were playing Evangel in the quarterfinals at Rabel. Mm-hmm. And I was the offensive coordinator. 
Guys, the score was 20 to 14. Evangel, we talking about the Evangel in '96. We talking about the days when Bowie, they was they, they were, yeah, that's who it yeah. was. Mm -hmm. We talking about the days when they was legit. Yeah. So it's 20 to 14, and we had Samson Smith mm -hmm. and Chris Dickens and Brian Lawson and Brian uh, Brian Bolton, Bo Sumlin. Yeah. We had those, all those kids, Sean Gasson. Mm -hmm. uh, we had we had all those kind of kids. Baker, Greg Kevin Baker Rose. was on that team. Yeah, yeah. Rose, Bob, uh, <laughs> Boss, uh, Boss. Mm -hmm. and uh, so we had that bunch of kids. But we had fourth and one mm -hmm. on the forty-eight yard line with eight minutes left in the game. I tell you who else we had. We had Roosevelt Potts' stepbrother, uh, Chris Ashley. Chris Ashley. And what we had done, we were down twenty to seven mm -hmm. at half, mm -hmm. and the third quarter came up. And we went to running behind uh, Sean Gasson and, and, and giving that ball to Chris Ashley off tackle. Mm -hmm. And Chris Ashley just took the game over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We took off 10 minutes of the clock, and we scored, and we had Kurt. We called him Kurt all. Chris Dickens kicked mm -hmm. the extra point, made it 20 to 14. Evangel mm -hmm. was panicking because they couldn't get the ball. Mm -hmm. So we have a fourth and one. We held him again. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a fourth and one with, with eight minutes left in the game. On our 48, mm -hmm. and I wanted to go for it. We've been playing great defense, mm -hmm. and Coach Brown obviously wanted to punt because he'd been playing great defense. Coach Brown wanted to punt, Coach Barton wanted to go, and Coach Mangan standing in the middle, and he don't know what to do. And I'm like, Coach, we got to go for it. We can make this. We make this. We're going to eat the clock up. And he looked at me, and he goes, you ain't the damn head coach. Light bulb. Boop. <laughs> Light bulb came on. We punted the ball. The first play from scrimmage, they run a wheel route for a touchdown and went up 28 to 14 on us. And my whole game plan had to change now because mm -hmm. now we're down two scores with yeah, seven minutes. And we tried to throw the ball and mm -hmm. they intercepted and, and it just went downhill from there. And, but in that moment right there, you asked me what was the transition like? I went, I want to be the guy making the call. I want to be the guy making the shot because as much as I love and respected Coach Brown and as much as I love and respected Coach Mangum, I felt like I had put all this time and energy into that, and, and I wanted that moment, and, and I went to Coach Lewis. He said, you need to go be a head coach somewhere else yeah. and come back. I'll never forget that conversation with Coach Lewis. Yeah. Go be a head coach somewhere else, prove yourself, and then come back. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's why he called me. That was, that was in 1996. I took over in 97. In 2002, I think it was, he called me back five years later. He went, you proved yourself. Yeah. Come yeah. on. So. Yeah. Uh, so we 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 getting we getting toward the wrap up part, but this is the best part of the story to me. You know, I like I like the bounce back parts. So things don't work out at Raven. We don't have to get into all that, but mm -hmm. <clears throat> it happened suddenly, mm -hmm. a bit of adversity, mm -hmm. and now Coach Barton got to practice what he preached, right? The stuff he tell us. You can get knocked down, gotta you got to get up. You know what I'm saying? So you, you go from there to Caldwell next was, mm -hmm. <clears throat> then on from Caldwell to now. Uh, winning your first state championship this this past year, right? Actually, the second one, second one. To Lula mm -hmm. Academy's first one. Mm -hmm. But anyway, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that that part was I know I know how much you put into us and Raver, and I know that hurt to have to leave, and mm -hmm. I know it could have been the end, right? Mm -hmm. It could have been the end of the story. It was just a little chapter, right? To get you on to this point. So talk about what your mindset had to be to bounce back from that, go turn that another program around and another and another. And and what you gained from being at Raver that helped you do that. 
Uh, it, probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, when I went to Rabel, my goal was to, was to, was to get good enough and get enough notoriety because I was still young and stupid mm -hmm. to take over at West Monroe, mm -hmm. to take over at Neville, to take over at a Ruston. By that third or fourth year, I went, we are West Monroe. We are, we got, so I, I sold out mm -hmm. to Rabel. And I really felt like, for whatever reason, uh, some people turned their back on me. And so I had, you know, not only that, but looking back, there were some things I could have done different. Mm -hmm. And so with all that being said, you go, where am I going to be? Where am I going to be? And we made a decision, you know, because I'll just be honest with you. I went to Mayor Lewis and Mayor Lewis goes, hey, Superintendents against you, I can handle that. Principals against you, I can't handle that. You got two against you. Coach Wright, Larry Wright, was all with me. He wanted mm -hmm. to stay right there with me. My mm -hmm. booster club folks wanted to stay right there with me. But in the middle of all that, it's kind of like when a preacher takes over a church. If everybody don't want him, he's kind of scared to go. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there right in the middle going, superintendents against me. She got the principal. She's against me. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do uh -huh. I do? And, and God opened another door mm -hmm. at Caldwell. And, uh, and tell you how God works. I made way more money than I was making at Rabel. Uh, we won 10 games twice. Caldwell never won 10 games. Mm -hmm. We won two playoff games. They never won a playoff game. Mm -hmm. So God took care of me. And then, uh, you know, of course, we retired at Caldwell. And then we went to the private sector. And, and, uh, but look, in the last seven years, two state championships. Two runner-up titles, twice in the semifinals and once in the quarterfinals, and that was COVID year. Mm -hmm. And um, but you're right, Courtney. You know, <laughs> you, you, you preach when you get knocked down, you get yeah. back up. <laughs> you better live it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I can say that to anybody. Yeah. And you know, I wish I could. I wish I could tell you that that was my original statement. You know where I got that out of? In Proverbs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Book of Proverbs will yeah. tell you when you get knocked down, basically. Not not like that, but when you get knocked down, you get back up. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, I mean, it's just, I, I just think about all the things that my kids that I've coached over the years have been through. And, uh, you know, I know my life is, I'm getting older and things are changing and, and physically, mentally, and you go, I got to keep fighting. Mm -hmm. yeah. I got to keep going. You know, I, I'm, I'm 56 years old. What am I going to do? What's my next thing? Mm -hmm. Where am I going to go next? You know, and, and but I will say this, Edgar, Courtney, no matter what you do over the next 30, 40, 50 years, if you put yourself and you use that platform that God has given you to help people, mm. God gonna keep blessing you. Mm -hmm. He gonna keep blessing you. Yeah. I, I, I can promise you, I'm, I'm not a, a, a perfect man, but I know that for sure. Mm -hmm. and, and I thank God that he put me at Rabel. You know, I can't walk in Rabel Walmart <laughs> it, in a 10 minute shopping spree it takes me 45 minutes mm -hmm. to get out because I'm going to run into somebody mm -hmm. and I look man that's a blessing yeah. Yeah. that is a blessing right there that yeah. you just yeah. you can't uh, you go somewhere and people just want to sit there and talk to you yeah. Yeah. you know PE kids yeah. PE yeah. Kid. hey before, I don't know how much longer we got but I want to ask y'all what's your favorite memory coach with me being with you at Rabel can you can uh, you, my Mm -hmm. And he gets an advantage because he gets to think about it yeah, for a minute. No, I, yeah. I already got it. You already got it? I've never shared this with okay, you. Okay, let's, let's let Eric go first in, so, Courtney, so you can okay. think a minute. Right. Well, my, well, you only had me for one year. Right. Um, 
And you remember what happened with me with the basketball team. Yeah. <laughs> My season ended short. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> fairly, fairly short. And during, and during that time, man, I felt like a lot of people turned their back on me. Right. Um, and, you know, I got some, I got some, some very uh, honest words that I probably I needed to hear, mm-hmm. you know, but when that happened, I didn't know exactly what was going to happen as far as me going to college, basketball or football. Um, and I remember I came into your office. You told me, sit down. You said, tell me what happened. And I told you what happened. Then you told me I was wrong. And then you gave me a hug. And you was like, hey, go in there in the weight room. We'll get this all taken care of and straightened out. And basically what you did from that point is you took me on my recruiting trips. And you, you never turned your back on me. Right. You know, you, 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 you slapped me on my hand and told me that, hey, you're wrong for this. But you extended your love right. and your grace, man. And uh, just that was huge because I didn't have a lot of football scholarship offers. And those conversations that me and you had uh, driving up to Arkansas Monticello and driving these different schools were a lot of conversations that I took and I applied to my life now. But in that moment in time where I felt like the world, like everything was over, me getting kicked off the basketball team, like you was there to still say, hey, man, you're all right. You're wrong. Right. You're wrong, <laughs> but you're going to be all right. You're yeah. wrong, but you're all right. So that was my, uh, that was my memory. Good. No. Yeah. Yeah, so I got a couple. So I pride myself in doing stuff the right way so I won't get fussed in. Cause, Cause my daddy, he didn't fuss much, he's soft-spoken. So if, if I'm doing something he telling me not to do, it usually came with a swift calling up, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah. so you, only, you only yelled at me once and we only got in a shouting match once after you yelled at me. The time you yelled at me was actually cause I did something right. I couldn't block my older brother Scat for nothing in the world. <laughs> but a lot of people couldn't. You know, right. Scat, yeah. Scat knew how to use his hands in junior high. Most right. kids don't know how to do that. Yeah. And if you put him at nose, he going to beat you. you you're uh-huh. not going to snap the ball and get him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or if they want you to take some kind of false step and come back to him, yeah. you can't get him. So we in the gym. It rained outside. We practiced in the gym. And oh, I got Lord. him. And I'm, I'm thinking he picking me up off the ground and telling me something good. <laughs> <laughs> and he picked me up and he said, you know what you just did? You know you messed up, don't you? I'm like, what I do? You blocked him. And I bet not never see you let him whoop your ass no more. That's the, that's the, first, that's the first time. So yeah. the second shot match we had, we played Sterlington. First game. We were not running the ball much first half. And we were down. And uh, I really didn't see him. He was coming in behind Coach Smith. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask Coach Smith. You know, because I ain't even talked to Coach like that. Yeah. Like, not no, you know, if I come to him, I'm just coming to him talking. But Coach Smith, that was my line, Coach, so I can speak my he mind to guy. him. He was your guy, that's right. He told me I was his leader, so he going to always ask me what's going on. So I'm asking Coach Smith, but you know Coach Smith, huge. Yeah. You can't see his little head walking behind him. <laughs> so I'm like, Coach, why we ain't running the damn ball? Yeah. And he took two steps by me. And there was him. I'm sitting down. He out of eye. Well, can't we run the goddamn ball? Can't we run? And I'm like, hey, we don't we got Richard Murphy? And we went back and forth. But his, yeah. his halftime speech was, we're going to come out and we're going to run, run the, the damn ball. ball. Yeah. And he told me, he told me, you better have your running shoes on because yeah. we're going to pull you. He used to always come behind me and slap me on the head. And talk about yeah. <laughs> it's my big ass. I can yeah. run behind this anytime. <laughs> and then uh, I got chosen as, as an alternate for that all-star game at LSU. And... Uh, I was a 16-year-old senior. Right. Uh, and but when he he went down there, Coach Barn was coaching, and uh, some of the other coaches asked him about it. it was me and Whitney, 
and he asked Coach about me. Now, I don't know if he knew if I was listening or not, mm -hmm. but he said, uh, if I had 11 more of that one right there, I'd be all right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And just me hearing it from over there made me feel, yeah. made me feel good, you know what I'm saying? Because right. I know he didn't know I was listening to him, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So for him to, for him to say that about me, uh, and he and he also said, well, he, he should have held his ass back. He's too damn smart, coach. He couldn't, he couldn't hold and back. And I told your mom that yeah. a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's my fondest memory, man. Uh, fondest memories, and like the biggest memory though. You mentioned them earlier, but Joe Lyle. Yeah. That was real inspiration for me because I remember when Joe couldn't walk from here to there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He ain't play much. It wasn't like he was about to come out there and start. Right. But to see him work how he worked to come in and, and, and start out running people on sprints and lose their weight and really just be there and see them get in, right. you know what I'm saying? And I know you didn't have to put them in, right. rewarding their work, you know what I'm saying? Right. That was that was big, man. Uh, it's so many, you, you shared your family yeah. with us, man. You know, right. so much stuff I can think about uh, watching your boys grow up, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then you getting, to, you getting to coach them later on, but remembering them just being around, throwing the ball, Coach Willis' kids. But you said that earlier. Uh, you know, love them just like you do your own family. Well, the fact that you'll share your kids with us made us feel like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But it's this family. You always, you know, you get on your on your brag and stuff and tell oh, I'm all y'all damn daddy anyway. <laughs> 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 but really. That's the way, way I felt about it, yeah. man. Really, we could tell that it wasn't just tongue and cheek. Right. It was like you meant that. So if I ever had a problem, any of us ever had a problem, we we go to Coach Boyd. We right. don't go nowhere else. Right. We'll, we'll holler at Coach. I'm gonna tell y'all one of my one of my not necessarily my favorite memories, but mm -hmm. something I never forget, and it's it's a life teaching lesson that that sometimes what what you talking about may be way over somebody else's head, mm -hmm. and you not even realize it because you're a professional, <laughs> mm -hmm. okay? And you talking to them, and you're trying to talk plain, but you're talking way over them. So we had a pep rally, and there was this kid in there named Tyrese. Richardson, I believe. Mean. Tyrese, Tyrese Richardson. Mm -hmm. Tyrese yeah. Richardson could do more flips down the mm -hmm. when we have the flipping contest than anybody else yeah. in the school. Yep. All right, so he's also in my PE class. So mm -hmm. I get Tyrese when that's Tyrese, you need to come out for football. I don't know, coach. I said, come on, man. Come on. You, yeah. you can do well. But anyway, I talked Tyrese into coming out for football. Never played football before mm -hmm. in his life. But we play in Oak Grove. And Oak Grove liked to do this deal where they would offset their fullback mm -hmm. just a little bit. <laughs> And when they did that, they was running tall sweep. Mm -hmm. So Tyrese is running fullback, mm -hmm. okay? And Scat and Jerry and all them, Nachi, all them was over on that, on that line. And we had barrels set up. But anyway, mm -hmm. so it was Scat's job to recognize when the fullback offset. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the huddle. I said, all right, Tyrese, you know, I always run the scout team there. You yeah. remember them days yeah. when you used to try to sack me? Oh, and you stuff. the best scout team going Yeah, there. boy. But I tell Tyrese, I said, Tyrese, then look, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take your left foot, I want you to put it in the crack of my butt, and when I say go, I want you to take off running around the end, and I want you to block that outside linebacker. You got that? He said, yes, sir. <laughs> I get up under the center. Boom! Felt that foot. Shit! And all of a sudden, I feel a foot touching me in the crack of my butt. And, you know, I was hardcore back in that day, Edgar. I was hardcore. I turn around, what the F are you doing? What? Jerry Davis? Nachi? Scat? They was on the ground laughing. I'm like, what are you doing? He said, you know, he was scared. You, you said put my foot. No, I, I wouldn't mean it like that. And it, but it taught me. Mm-hmm. That's what I said to do. Mm -hmm. That's what I said to do. I said, put your foot in the crack gotta, of my butt. You gotta know your and I man. never forgot that as a <laughs> yeah. coach. I learned something. Mm -hmm. I went, 
sometimes these kids don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got to get back down. And I had to teach kids that. I had to yeah. teach coaches that. Mm -hmm. you, you get to this level as a coach, sometimes you're talking about Sam and Will backers, and they're like, who the hell is Sam and Will? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's yeah. that mean? Who's Mike? I got mm -hmm. Mike. Mike? Yeah. I got Jim and yeah. Jack next yeah. to yeah. Yeah. You know, so you, you got to yeah. get back down on their level, and yeah. I learned that. But yeah. look, man, we, yeah. we learned together. Yeah. Yeah. We had so much. I mean, it was so good, man. Yeah. Yeah. I miss it so bad. Yeah. I, I, I miss Ravel. I love Ravel. Uh, I love you guys. Y'all know yeah, that. Love and, uh, love too, man. Appreciate man, it's you. just, I, I'm, I'm a blessed man. Yeah. I am yeah. a blessed yeah. man. And uh, we doing this show, and I'm, man, I'm glad y'all doing this kind of stuff and reaching out to people. Yeah. But, God, I like, I mean, I, I think I could go to the rest. Oh, let me say this. Can I say this? We got enough time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know one of the, the most, the, the, the best feelings I had as a coach was to bring Smokey, and his brother Zay mm -hmm. and Fred Smith's son, grandslash yep. grandson, mm -hmm. to Prairie View with me this year yeah. and do something we never got the chance to do as a group from Ravel, and that's win a dang state championship. Mm -hmm. Guys, I cried. Yeah. I couldn't help. It was like, to, and, and you know how many folks we had from Ravel at those games? Mm -hmm. yeah. Just just to be able to do that. And, you know, I still think to this day, had we split, like they split the pro public and private, mm -hmm. and we split when some of these teams I had come to there. You know, we lost to Parkview Baptist twice. We lost to freaking Notre yeah. Dame twice. We, mm -hmm. Some of those schools, and people don't realize this, but Parkview Baptist was beating Acadiana, who beat West Monroe. Mm -hmm. And Notre Dame was beating Turlins Catholic, who was beating Neville in mm -hmm. the semi and quarterfinals. And we lost to these people. Mm -hmm. Talking about seven and eight D1s on the same yeah. team. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, this old this buddy of mine posted a Sterlington schedule uh, a couple weeks ago on Facebook and who Sterlington was playing. And I didn't want to brag, but I sent him an inbox. And I said, this is what we winded up with Rabel. We scrimmaged Rustin in the fall. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wait, let me start over. We scrimmaged Neville in the spring because nobody else would scrimmage mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. We scrimmaged Rustin in the fall because nobody else would scrimmage us. We played West Monroe in the Jamboree because everybody in the Bayou Jam wouldn't play West Monroe but us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we played Bastrop week two. And Washita week four. That was our schedule. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys started all that. You got to the point where didn't nobody want to play us. Mm -hmm. they, they, they didn't want to be on our schedule. Yeah. You know? And that's something I'm proud of. Yeah. I, I, that last team we had, uh, you know, went eight and four or something like that. They were so freaking good. Mm -hmm. They just lost to some really, really good teams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, But I miss those years. I, I miss that town. Uh, I, I, every time I, you know, I still go to the doctor there, mm -hmm. and uh, when I go to the doctor, yeah. I ride by the school, and it's hard not to cry, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it's also, it's also good to rejoice and and, and you know be thankful because that that town and that school made me part of the man that I am, yeah. you know. So, well, but I'm happy. I'm happy you used that. I, I, I tell people all the time on the on the trampoline when you come down the hardest. That's when you get your best jump. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? So I'm happy you used that was supposed to be a foul for you. Like you said, made more money. Mm -hmm. you turned another school around eventually to this point we're at now. I'm happy with some people meant to be your, right. your downfall. I was hoping you turned your ankles when you right. jumped down there, but you sprung on up. I'm happy you didn't let it. Because we, we still watch you to this right. day. We always, you talked about it earlier, taking a little bit from here and there. Something I tell my son, he only five. He might not understand it now, but I, I always tell him. Because once you tell him something once, he feels like he got it. He don't want no help. 
And I tell him the smartest man in the world is only smart because he's willing to learn a lot. Right. And it's, that's the only reason he's willing to listen and learn from different places and take it and then put his own spin on it. Now it's the Barton way. Mm -hmm. If you don't tell us, it comes from Bradshaw and Bambino and mm -hmm. all these other people. We don't know that. Mm -hmm. All we know is we following, you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. But that's because you was willing to learn. So we, we still were watching you when that happened to you, meaning if you would have reacted a different way, who knows? We might have reacted a different way when that verse popped us in the face right. in life. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate you for that. I appreciate you for your time today and coming to see us. Yeah, uh, it's a blessing. Yeah, you got any, any parting words for him? Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shoot, thanks for <laughs> And that's for everything. That ain't yeah, just that's for, just, yeah. Today is just for, that was a big turning point, being a part of starting starting something. I'm happy, I, I'm happy the time it worked out for me because I started when we were bottom of the bear, but you still wanted to play for Raven. You, I couldn't wait for Coach Brown to come down to the junior high and say, I want you, you, and you. Y'all come up here. Right. Next week, and, and to get the stickers on your head, and if you made varsity and all that stuff. And so when when y'all get together with with friends and folks in Ray, do y'all talk about who the best is and who who was this and who was that? Uh, yeah, they 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 bring it yeah, up. Yeah, they on, came up. Um, they came up last year. Yeah, they bring it up on Facebook a lot, and I always I always start off giving the guys who win SEC, NFL. Yeah. You gotta give them their credit first because it takes. We we talking about that on the road, Don, Eric, and myself. Uh, I don't say such and such should have been in the league no more. Yeah. If he should have been, he would have been. Right. It takes way more than talent right. for you to make it all the way because you got to have the right mindset. You got to be able to turn your back on certain people and all that stuff. But uh, I give them their flowers. I speak about people, somebody people might not know, like a Tron Webster. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I talk about Artez Nichols. Right. I don't think a lot of people know how they good don't. he was. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got your obvious, your Murphy's Tolliver. Chad Ricks. Chad Ricks. They don't. You know what I'm saying? Head Kelly. There's yeah. certain, certain, Jerry Davis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's certain people Nachi. you got to, yeah. Nachi, yeah. you got to put boss roles. You got to. Certain people you got to talk about. And I don't think you can quantify and say who was the best because all of us picked up. Right. We wanted to play because that person in front of us, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, and, so. and when, I, when I actually addressed it, because it was going on on Facebook about who was the best D lineman, who was mm -hmm. the best receiver, who was the best quarterback. And when I talked about it, it's, um, you know, I look at it like when you look at a good-looking house. You know, you look at the external of the house, and then you probably go inside, and you look at the internal of the house, but, and the internal of the house is nice. But if the foundation is raggedy, yeah, right, <laughs> right. That house, none of that matters at all. Right. You know, for me, the foundation that was set was all these different people that y'all just talked about, mm -hmm. uh, all the ones that came before me, that as a little kid, when I was looking through the fence, looking at them, mm -hmm. they just did everything hard. Right. My mama, my aunts, my aunties, my uncles, the people at the church, the people that worked at Walmart, like the people that worked for the town, like they just did everything with everything they got. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me, like that wouldn't have been possible in what I did if I didn't see that. Right. Mm -hmm. The foundation was good. So I'm like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. The example was set for me just by looking at all those individuals, whether they was on the football field or the basketball court or not, they just taught you on how you're supposed to work in life. Yeah. You know, I was driving down the road and my phone rings and it's uh, Jaron Johnson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jaron, I think, was working at the Rabel Police Department and Jerry was up there at the time. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I think Nachi might have been somehow involved in this conversation because uh, 
Ben Jaren's calling me. He's going, Coach Borden, I want you to tell this real high dude, Jared Davis, who the best defensive tackle ever yeah. come through Raven was. Uh -huh. I said, son, you're talking to two damn good ones right yeah, there now. Yeah. <laughs> you might have played uh, at that next level, yeah. but them two cats could play, and I yeah. ain't going to sit here and say that you or them, them, them yeah. dudes could play. Mm -hmm. If he would have came up there while we were still there, he would have had a different – because yeah. we, we broke all the youngsters in. Yeah. Dan Baker, Chad Ricks, oh, Bond. Yeah. yeah. Like they got a yeah. snapper. Yeah. Some snapper came in and read it. It's going to be my field house. Yeah. yeah. It was his first day out there. Coach. <laughs> give me, give me, give me Will Height. Give me Davis. Give me Scott Washington right there. The next it was it was me, Sean, and somebody else. Just yeah. took him through the ringer. Yeah. He, he changed that tune. He made did. Tank quit. Yep. His first day out there. So yep. They would have understood it a little yeah, better. Yep. If he, I guarantee been there, they would have. Yeah. So. Well. Anyway, man, we appreciate you again, Coach. We Thank love you. Thank you, brother. We love you too, man. Yeah. Thank appreciate you. Man. I love you, brother. Love you too. This is the Lit Code. We out. <laughs>